This week on the Jock and Nerd podcast, Disney announces the live action Mulan movie will bypass cinemas and be released only on Disney Plus for an additional $30. What? Will this gamble pay off during the pandemic? Is this a death blow to theaters? Plus, new trailers for lots of great streaming movies and TV shows like Project Power on Netflix and The Boys Season 2 on Amazon, a listener-sponsored movie review of the 1987 cult classic The Lost Boys, and a whole bunch more. All in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Thursday, August 6th, 2020. Yo, 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 this is Rob Liefeld, creator of Deadpool, Cable, X-Force, Domino. You are listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. You want the most up-to-date comic movie and TV news? You found it. Fun? You bet. Puppets? With substance abuse issues? Oddly, yes. Only here on the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Does it get any better than this? I don't think so. Listen, Rob Liefeld, creator of all the stuff you love, saying to you, listen to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. So sexy, so awesome. I never miss it. And uh, it's my favorite thing in forever. It's spectacular. It's awesome. I love it. Jock and nerd. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock and nerd. Be funny. Disturb it. Jock and nerd. Spoiler alert. Oh yeah, what's up listener? Hello and welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we deliver comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! Boing! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock! He's a nerd. And joining us is the third missing frog brother who ran off to hunt some vampires and got lost. Never came back. Uh, it's Rug Frog, or you could just call him Rug Boy. What's up, Rugs? I'm a cop, you idiot. <laughs> it's not a tumor. Why I'm are you Detective going? John Kibble. I'm just doing this in the uh, on, in the uh, honor of Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's a hard thing to say, honor of Arnold. Uh, honor of Arnold. Because yeah, he's getting... Uh, Kindergarten cops getting canceled? Yeah, the, it's just in one state. Did you see that story? It's in one what? place. They did it over policing. Uh, but they oh. traumatic policing police the school. in schools in some. He's undercover trying to protect a kid. The, that on, movie guy. is hilarious. Rugs, it's one of the best movies ever. Rugs, are you soggy? You survived this. Uh, uh, what is it? Isaiah? Tropical I, storm? I don't I know how you see say ya. it. I see you. I see you. Isaiah. Are you still soggy, sopping wet? Yeah, it's, it was kind of a problem. We lost power. You did lose power. That's There's crazy. trees down. Oh shit! I, uh, my basement is moldier than normal. I got fungi. That the dumpster you used to live in floated away is what I heard. Well, I <laughs> I put a sail on it and it went to Cabo. There you go. Anyway. Look out for that dumpster. You guys remember how I started the whole thing about being a superhero? Wear a mask, save the world. Buy jock and nerd masks. Uh, which you can get at our shop, jockinner.com slash shop. Well, the CW just put out a series of posters. They're these COVID-19 PSA superhero posters showing uh, they're the Flash and Stargirl and Supergirl and Black Lightning 
wearing masks. Not a bad Photoshop job, I'll say. But they're wearing, like, the stupid surgical mask. It doesn't really do much. It should have been the N95s. Well, the M95s are a lot better. Uh, but the one of Superman, I thought, Anthony, I thought this was funny. Because you, it, this picture of Superman with a mask on, there's no way you'd know that this is Clark Kent. You know? What? Without it, you're like, Clark, what are you doing? Why are you dressed up as Superman? Like, I never, I don't understand. He should, should have Superman been wearing a mask this whole time anyways? Yeah, probably. I mean, that's always been the kind of the running thing is he just puts on glasses and no one recognizes him. You should have worn like an open mouth mask like (laughs) Batman does. Yeah, just the top. Yeah, but that's with flash mask. That's not going to help you block the Rona. The point is, get a jock and nerd mask. Visit our shop. We'll be helping save the world. And uh, yeah, just like Superman. Right. Real heroes wear masks. I mean, you can't really say much. I mean, wearing a mask, he's doing the right thing. And uh, I guess I guess we have to put him in ads now. I'm surprised, but but I'm surprised more people. Should we just have like everything with masks? I'm surprised Marvel hasn't done something like this. Like, show us. They should be having Spider Man everywhere. He's already wearing a mask. Just use him to uh, get the message to the youngsters. Yeah. All right. Anyway, there's going to be an ad with like Superman washing his hands. With super fast speed. Yeah. Well, uh, wash your hands, wear a mask, wear a jock and nerd mask. They are a lot of fun. All right. We got a lot of crazy shit to talk about. Let's get to it. The Jock, jock and Nerd Podcast. So huge, kind of huge news this week. I think it's pretty big. Uh, coronavirus pandemic continues to shake up the movie industry and profound and possibly long-lasting ways. Here's what happened. A recent earnings call for Disney. Bob Chapek was the new CEO over at Disney, not Bob Iger. Bob Chapek, first of all, had to break the news to the stockholders that uh, they lost about $3.5 billion this past quarter. Oh, shit. Right? Because the, the fucking parks aren't open. There's no movie. So that's a kick to the nuts. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot of money for Disney to be losing and have to be responsible for. How are they going to make some money? Well, Bob Chapek also announced Mulan. That is a $200 million huge tentpole live action adaptation of the cartoon that has had three release dates. will be releasing on Disney Plus on September 4th. Oh, shit. At a premium price of twenty nine ninety nine. Oh shit! It's even crazier. First of all, guys, when you saw this comment, this is so. Let me clarify. It you may think this is a rental. It's not. You have to pay for Disney Plus, which is like seven dollars a month. Then you got to pay another thirty dollars, and then you will have access to Mulan for as long as you are subscribed. Oh, that's cool. To Disney Plus. So, so yeah. So I you're buying a- the movie, basically. Yes, yeah, you're buying the movie. I so I when I first saw thirty bucks, I go, that's that's crazy talk. You know, we've already been saying twenty bucks is a lot. Then I thought about it some more. So there's Mulan's been pushed back what a few times, three now? times, three times, maybe four times. There's really no, you really have no idea when this movie's gonna come out. I'm actually like almost kind of concerned that the whole Marvel universe is yeah. just not gonna happen anymore. It might be or de- not happen the way we thought it, it would. Might be derailed. So there's no end in sight in this. They have to make money with this. You can't keep, you can't keep just pushing this back because the hype for this is just going to go away. They've been marketing this movie for the past five months, right? So you do thirty bucks. Yeah, that's actually not terrible. It's it's think about this when you go to see a movie, you a, a movie like Mulan. You're, you're unless 
you just really like Mulan, you're probably going with your kids. Yeah. So that you're probably buying three, four, or five tickets. That right there is going to be 50, 60 bucks plus popcorn or whatever. So I actually think 30 bucks buying the movie one time and being able to watch it as many times as you can as you want yeah, for, you, with their family isn't that bad. Even if you're going a one-timer, let's say I go to a movie theater, 15 bucks for a ticket, 12 bucks for a ticket, yeah. and then I buy the digital copy, what is it like usually 20 bucks? Yeah, if it, yeah, on sale. Yeah, you're getting a, you're getting a $5 uh, savings. Yeah. So, and Disney has to make some I I've been saying this for a while this on Disney Plus is add on us with I was saying this with New Mutants, just add on a feature to buy the 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 movie and watch it through Disney Plus. So this is crazy because they're pretty much just making shit up. Like everyone is trying to adjust. This is another new streaming model. It's something that's never been tried before. Is premium on top of the subscription? Let me add. Yeah, well, actually, uh, uh, let me interject. Yeah, they've already been kind of doing this with a different Disney pop property. Oh, it's called ESPN Plus. Ah. ESPN Plus is four or five bucks a month, but if you want the UFC pay per views, you got to pay an additional so sixty it's bucks. Similar to so, but that pay per view you only can watch once. You only get it for I think twenty four hours. Oh, really? So that is yeah. a rental of the pay per view. So, but they've been doing this on their other subscription model. So this is a, even a modification of that is where you're paying premium, but you get to keep you get to the keep movie it. because remember they just put out Hamilton. Which I think got him a bunch of subscribers, but people were like, I could sign up and watch Hamilton right now for like a $7 a month. That's fucking fantastic. Do you think if someone doesn't have Disney Plus, they're going to subscribe and then drop another $30 because of Moolah? Maybe. So it's if they subscribe for one month, you can do a one month. Now, I wonder if they're going to do thirty-seven bucks. if they do a thing where they if they were smart, there'd be a thing where like you have to lock in like six months to be able to get this so that they don't know yeah. that. But so this is huge on so many levels. First of all, Disney will can retain all the money from this because not only they own the movie, they own the delivery platform. They don't have to share anything with theaters. That's a huge thing over there. They, ju- they just have to pay for whatever the bandwidth is on streaming and some thing. marketing but unlike other vod releases we've seen like it's not on an open platform that's that's crazy uh so disney has already reached their five-year global subscribers goal they were anticipating that by 20 to 24 they would have between 60 million and 90 million subscribers they have 60.5 million subscribers oh shit uh just what has it been like nine months since this fucking thing has has launched not even um, so can they make money on this? So for $30, $30, if 10 million of those 60 million subscribers pay for this, that's 300 million. I think the movie is 200 million. They got to make three, 400 million just to break even. But this movie had it come on the theaters would it probably made like 800 million, maybe a billion. I think it's going to make more money than you think, because think about it. If you're, if you're in the hole for Disney, you're a Mark, right? You're a Disney Mark. And Mulan is like a huge movie that's going to come out. I'm going to say half the people that are in. So I'm going to say 30, what is it, 60 million subscribers? 60 million subscribers. I'm going to say 30 million are going to pay for this. I think the the job you kind of hit on it a little bit, Imran, is they just have to be able, they need a, a good marketing push to their current subscribers to let them know, hey, Mulan is here. So what's funny about that is this is coming out in less than a month. 
There is no marketing for this. All we have to go on is what Bob Chapek said in the earnings call. If you look at their Twitter, if you look at any of their websites, it doesn't say this anywhere. Well, you don't really need to. Uh, you don't really need to get the the word out as much on something you could just click on it. You're, so you just house. you're saying you just drop it and then people and then. No, tell I mean people. I think you do a push the week before. Yeah, maybe yeah. that's it. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't think a month out because you don't. don't you it's not worry. like you're like well, I gotta get a sitter. No, you you don't have to worry. You don't have to organize around it. You know, you could just be like ah, oh, I guess I'm watching this tonight. I mean, how much lead up. To that point, I, and it's a little different, but I don't feel like Hamilton had a ton of lead up. No, either. I just uh, and it just kind of happened, and then dropped. everyone was talking about yeah. it. And you kind of enjoy when these things just kind of drop. It creates a buzz. It creates a whole uh, event kind of situation. Uh, I just think this is crazy because if this is success, this is crazy, this, this is, is crazy. It is totally this is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. <laughs> because first of all, Disney Plus, uh, sorry, Mulan will probably come out. For free within the subscription at Disney Plus in a few months, anyways, right? So now they got to bet on: Are people going to pay for this right away, or will they just? Yeah, well, wait? people are so desperate for new good shit. I and think that they'll pay. So you think you think it's a good bet that they're doing this with Mulan? The movie looks amazing. You're like talking about pedigree, you're talking about you know uh, mainstream movie theater quality, you know A plus quality filmmaking and stuff like and you know they're using big budgets and shit so yeah people might want to go for that premium feel uh after watching tv type shit for the past you know however many months so i think it's a good idea and i think like think about uh the boys yeah right the boys is not even a movie it's just a series but they've been plugging that thing for what like a couple of weeks now yeah there's another new trailer we're gonna talk about i mean yeah, I mean, it's building hype, but I mean... I, I, but you're not paying $30 extra for that. But I'm just saying, the first two trailers would have got me in, yeah, like, as that's far true. as notoriety and just knowing that it's on. Now I'm yeah. like, oh, when is it going to be on? Still not on yet? I feel like maybe three weeks is more than enough. So, I feel like uh, the consensus seems to be people would not pay $30 for Mulan. I think it's interesting. Like, Black Widow... Fuck, hell yeah. I would pay $30 for that right away. But that's you. But I think the people who yes. probably own Disney also own it because they love Disney movies. Yeah, I would yeah. I would say there is a gigantic fan base that is very into, even though these remakes have been shitty, yeah. very into Disney and very into the remakes of these classic films. So I think Mulan is another one that could be a big, could could do very well for them, even under these circumstances. I mean, I'll watch that shit. Will you pay 30 bucks extra? Are we paying 30 bucks extra when it comes out? I haven't actually ever seen the original Mulan. Oh, you have I seen it. Like actually, well, once. no, I've seen it. I actually, I have seen it, yeah. but I don't really remember. Me neither. It, it was a long. long time ago. But this one, you know, you're talking about the the, the supposedly this one's good. Yeah, it looks, looks good. It looks epic, and it looks like China. And they took out a lot of the cheesier aspects. I think with that, that dragon friend or whatever. Uh, but that was Eddie Murphy. He was so great. And there was song. There's no song, so there's no singing. It's straight drama, and like this movie would have played huge in China. And I don't, and so that's where they were going to make a lot. They would have made, you know, a couple hundred yeah, million international, hurts, I guess. Uh, so I'll tell you who's really upset at this are movie theater owners. Is this, if this is successful and it causes them to release new mutants and black widow and, uh, they, they, you know, they're, like I said, they're keeping all the profit. They don't have to split any money with distributors. Distributors and theaters are very, they're freaking out. I think it's it's all about the long game, right? So basically, you reap what you sow in this uh, situation. You dick over the movie companies when all of this shit clears up and they're still around. 
uh, then they're going to have to probably pay the piper then. They're going to play ball still. Yeah, they're going to fucking fuck them over big time, these these guys, because they fucked them over when they needed them. So they're probably going to. But if Disney's playing the long game, it's already planning on making its own theaters and in fucking subverting these guys. Yes, which you've mentioned before. Um, I think that they could do whatever the fuck they want. It's all about if they have their shit together, planning for the future. If they're looking down the line saying, okay, AMC, blah, 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 Regal Cinemas, they're, we're fucking them over big time and they're going to, when the time comes, they're, they're going to have to pay a premium. I guarantee it. So unless they have something else up their sleeve, which I think they do. Well, AMC, the, the AMC Universal 17 window, 17 day window thing that we talked about last week, that's that a lot of movie theaters weren't happy about that. Uh, so a lot of these theaters are wondering if this is a death blow. Did they just lose Disney as a provider? Here's a quote from a disgruntled uh, uh, cinema owner. He goes, they don't need exhibition partners anymore. Why would you share your profitability with an outside company? Think about it. If 10% of their subscribers buy into Milan, that's 181 million Disney makes. If 50%. Of the subscribers rent Mulan, that's $906 million. Oh, shit. That's money that Disney gets to keep all on their own. And then this sound right here. That was a disgruntled French cinema owner destroying the Mulan sign. And stomping all over it with a bat in his uh, theater. Oh, shit. That's how mad he was because they, they yanked it. And uh, this could be like a huge permanent change if this thing gets goes really well, you know? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think I can see why movie theaters would be upset. I also, you know, if you're a big studio chain, first off, why would you want to share your profitability? As yeah. that guy said. Also, them, but just by delaying these movies indefinitely, that's just dead money That's floating around yeah. so they're not yeah. making any money i mean there isn't a good answer for this and unfortunately when things change in terms of covid and and how it's restructuring all sorts of businesses businesses have to adapt and evolve and unfortunately it seems like movie theaters might get left in the dust which which sucks but i mean every every company has to do what's best for its own partners they and it's got a pivot profit and you're right yeah. this is the you can't delay things inevitably and hope that one day movie theaters will open up the way they used to be opened up. Like who knows when this vaccine is going to come, who knows how well it's going to work, who knows what capacity things are going to be open at. Like you can't just wait forever. You're, you're sitting around with a property that's worth, you know, they've probably spent two to 400 million on and that's just sitting there. And this is, it's burning a hole in their pocket. Realistically, the only way they're going to make money off it. But when like him announcing it here, it kind of, nobody saw this coming. This is something that that is kind of, I love feeling many people were like just months ago, this would have seemed impossible. Like there's no way they would put out their big fucking temple movie on a streaming service. But here we are. Here. Black what? Widow's next. Black, if this I hope goes it well. is. And New Mutants, fucking, what are you doing? August twenty eighth. That's not coming out. There, I maybe more people will crack and follow. Meanwhile, Bill and Ted Face the Music has moved up its uh, date to August twenty eighth. You can rent it at home and watch it. I'm excited for that. Yet, Tenant is still trying to be the movie. They put out a lot of spots saying um, we're changed. This is going to be an immersive experience, the best theater experience. It really looks like the movie that is full use of a movie theater experience. I read an interesting fact about the amount of visual effects shots 
Avengers Endgame had like 2,000 visual effects shots. Apparently, Tenant has less than 300 VFX shots. Oh, shit. Which is like a rom-com. So a lot of that shit we're seeing, it's all practical in-camera effects, which is wild. Let me let me just get back real quick to Black Widow. I know you just were jacking off to the amount of <laughs> VFX, non-VFX shots in Tenant. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know shit. why. Because That's look at it. Nothing to do with movie release, no, but all right. Um, if Mulan does well, which I think it will, yeah. Black Widow's released in that date is November 6, 2020. There's no chance that they're going to make November 6, yeah. 2020, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. That's the next. They're going to put that out, Disney+. Plus. I mean, and then on the other side, Warner Brothers. Because they have to keep Marvel going. You got Wonder Woman. You got all the Warner Brothers. Uh, they got to keep Marvel going. The TV shows are delayed also. They had not finished production, so this would be the only... Let Marvel me ask thing. you about the Domino's effect. Yeah. Not the pizza. The pizza's great. <laughs> That's the first you one I thought. Follow the right, tracker um, online. This makes shitloads of money. Like, we're talking, like, it makes, like, I'm going to say $600 million. Okay. That's not bad. And they get to keep it all. Yeah. Does WB, does all these other companies decide to follow suit and go, oh, fuck, we're going to do the same thing? Absolutely. WB will go to their new subscribe. They will look at HBO Max and go, how do we boost more subscribers? We already have Justice League coming out. Let's throw some of our movies in there. But will it be this model of uh, subscription plus premium yes. extra? Yeah. Uh. Yes. You're not, there, there's no way you can make your money back just by throwing it on no, for free. No. Well, relatively right, free. Right. You'd have to you're gonna you do don't the, have you're gonna do to the, buy it. You could just wait like everybody else. Or, you could you just know. wait for a few months, too, until they... I think the I don't think these um, giants will just release their thing for free a few weeks later. I think you're gonna have to wait months. Yeah, no, it'll be months. They're they're gonna make you I wait mean, a while. I think that the price premium is actually low. I think that the thirty dollars is not enough. I think that it, what would be actually beneficial to the movie companies like the theaters is if they put like a high premium, like let's say like forty fifty bucks on these movies. And um, that way, less people will do it, and then some. There'll still be people to go see in the theater. That was they'll say, "Fuck it, I'm waiting for it at the theater," and just do that. But I don't know. Apparently, Chapek also he said that they this is so he said another thing he said is this is a one off experiment, right? So maybe he's just saying that I don't know. We should believe him, but he just said this is a one off. Clearly, they're making stuff up as they go along. But apparently, they also discussed this. With the theater association, uh, previously, like last week. So I don't know if the, the theater people were okay or they're getting a cut or I don't know what the agreement was, but he did kind of talk to them before announcing this. So that's also interesting. I don't get the sense really that they're making it up as they go along. No. I think this is a, a planned test and I think it's a test it's a in test. that okay. it's a test, but I think it's a test that they know they're going to, they're going to do well in. It, it's it like Thanos was an inevitability that something like this was going to happen, and this is like the first big one. So, uh, what what do you guys think? Would you be interested in watching Mulan right away here for the show? We pay for it, review it. Is I mean, it, yeah, we're all going to watch it. Right. We all have the same app, so pay for it yeah. once. We all watch it, yeah. And then you That's own it. Fine. But then, like, if this does continue, you yeah, people going to end up owning a lot of movies, but they're going to make a lot of money. Like, I don't know if I would buy Mulan if I wasn't podcasting about stuff, right? Yeah, Black uh, Widow. I would, I would though, probably. Yeah, definitely Black Widow. Definitely a bunch of other movies. I would just not, just not Mulan. It's but. just the future of a movie theater is now even more further up. But in I know the that air, there's people that away. would, so it's not like I don't think yeah. it's a good idea. 
they're, they're going to have to rethink. I mean, movie theaters coming out of this are going to have to rethink their experience as well. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I got some comments from our listeners from our Facebook group, Jock and Nerd Nation. Uh, J.R. Flamin goes, what? What? I was so pumped at the original headline. Didn't know it was 30 bucks more. Looks so good, though. Blake Braden comments, yeah, price walls for monthly premium st- streaming services. Same thing EA does for video games. That's a good point. It's kind of like a video game thing. It's a matter of time that it's $50 a movie. What's what's the typical IMAX ticket? 15 bucks. How much for a Blu-ray? Just like you said, Rugs, 30 bucks. If you have a family of three or more, 30 bucks is still cheaper than going to the theater. Price will increase, which is what you just said, Rugs. 50 bucks? Is that, I think, that, would that be too much? It's I, I think it's approaching too much, but I, the reason I said fifty because that's really high, and you wouldn't most people wouldn't pay that. Yeah. So you'd still have people to go to the theater, but uh, that's that's not his uh, rationale at all. U, UFC fans pay about sixty five bucks per pay per view. Yeah, on top of that's like a three that's hour. A, that's like a four hour event, and it's like a, it's a four, it's but it's a four hour live it's event, live so event. it's a little different. Yeah. But you don't get to keep it, so yeah. there's there's pros and cons. Now, if you get the special bonuses in the sequel, whatever, all that shit, the yeah, DVD you, shit. On will there. there be extra stuff like behind the scenes and cut scenes that will that come? That would with be cool. This. Yeah, Miriam Medina says. So, will this be like a resurgence of pay per view, or does the thirty dollars grant you unlimited access to the movie? It doesn't grant you unlimited access to the movie as long as you're subscribed. I'm gonna have to. Dust off the black box that I have. Oh shit! You have to get nefar- nefarious means. That's some people call. Uh, Sidestep it. No, well, look, we'll get it for the show. Matthew Lawrence. I am surprised they are doing this, but I'll throw them my dough. He's in. Ralph Bravo says it costs me more money taking my family to the theater. I'll be paying for it, but nothing replaces the big screen. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Dylan McCandless. Damn, I was actually somewhat interested in seeing this one, but I ain't about to blow 30 bucks on it. All right, he's out. Yeah, see, this it depends who you are. Depends what movie. It you depends what movie. What kind of fan you are. At least. And then Chris Marin says, Cinema's back open here. Tenant is scheduled for three weeks' time. He is in the UK. Oh. So I saw another article from Variety that says, around half of the world's theaters are open right now. Just not this half, apparently. Lame. Because we can't fucking wear masks. I don't. Not funny. Not funny. Human soundboard. <laughs> uh, again, like I said, join our Facebook group. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. You can join the conversation. Mix it up with us. Uh, you know, we're there. Our the friends of the show are there. Like Matt Delhauer, who does the What the Fuck Happened series, which you just heard two episodes ago. Speaking of which, here's a message from Delhauer for you, listener. Hello, Jock and Nerd listeners. It is your resident ginger geek, Matt Delhauer, here to remind you that the five-year anniversary of What the Fuck Happened is quickly approaching. To celebrate what is obviously the most important event for this podcast ever, we want you, the listeners, to have a say in what movie we cover. Hell, if it wasn't for all of you, there wouldn't have even been an episode two, let alone 15. So, throughout the month of August, we are taking your suggestions over on Twitter. Tweet the movie you want us to cover to at Jock and Nerdcast. And be sure to use the hashtag J-A-N-W-T-F number five. Yes, it's longer than it should be. While you're at it, let us know what your favorite episode of What the Fuck Happened has been so far. Share your favorite memories from the series, your favorite jokes, or send us fan art, whatever you want. Feed our egos. All right, now back to whatever the fuck Imran's doing. I just wanted to shove it in here early so people hear it. Uh, Blake Braden actually sent in one suggestion for hashtag J-A-N-W-T-F-5. He says, I have the perfect what the fuck movie to celebrate. 
the fifth anniversary X-Men The Last Stand. That's not bad. We haven't done that one. Hmm. Yeah. That, I mean, if that's the only one we get, that's, that's the, the one, one we're we going to do. That might be it. But that'll be a fun skewering on that movie. I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Uh, anyways, cra- yeah, let us know what you think he did of this crazy Mulan. And I'm like excited, but I'm also like, man, the, the theaters could be done. New world. Here we come. I uh, got a couple of trailers I wanted to discuss with you guys of things coming out this month, very soon and next month. Let's start with a movie that's going to come out on Netflix August 14th. Just the Friday, the week this show drops. And well, it's another big budget Netflix action superhero movie. It's called Project Power. Uh, and uh, it's got a crazy cast. You got Jamie Lee Fox. Jamie Lee Fox. Jamie. <laughs> I just combined Jamie Lee, Jamie Curtis, Lee Curtis with Jamie Fox. Or is it, was there a Jamie Lee Presley? Jamie, there's also Jamie Lee Presley. You have Jamie Lee Fox. What would that look like? A mashup of Jamie Fox and Jamie Lee. That's not the name. Anyways. That'd be weird. That would be very weird. You really can't, man. I mean, that's a strange mashup. It might be sexy. Who knows? Black and white usually make some decent looking babies. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Foxx, Joseph <laughs> Gordon-Levitt, Machine Gun Kelly's in this one for some reason, Courtney B. Vance, and basically it's a story about a pill that gives you unpredictable, a random superpower for five minutes, and it may also kill you. So uh, it's Adderall, basically. So it's Adderall, and so it's about a dealer and a cop, ex-soldier taking down people. Did <laughs> what you guys think of this trailer? It is. You know, I was in. A, I'm, I'm all. I'm all in on this. It it uh, it looks kind of fun. I've kind of lowered my expectations for these movies on Netflix now after the last couple. I'm like, this looks like it might be a good time. Let me check it out. Yeah, I watched it. And at first, I was like, oh, another Netflix movie with a, a big name. This looks incredibly mediocre. That's what at first where I was thinking. Yeah. And then I, as I watched, it, I went the same thing. Hunter's Rugs. I was like, this looks kind of fun. It's not bad. You know, I mean, I'm not expecting a ton, but if as long as it's fun and a lot of action and um, cool use of powers, you know, it's kind of a the the pill where you you get powers is is not all that original, but maybe the uh, the 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 time limit on it is so. It's like a shittier yeah. hour, man. You only get five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, it, it's like that movie. The I didn't see it, but the one where limitless the guys' cells were getting regenerated. Oh, oh, that was upgrade. With the, the Tom Hardy lookalike. Uh, up, oh. Upgrade. That was Upgrade. Yeah. yeah. Or like, like uh, Bloodshot or like yeah, uh, Limitless Bloodshot. or. Yeah, Limitless. I mean, we've seen this kind of idea yeah. before, but as long as you can throw us a good time and have some good one-liners and it's not boring, then yeah. It's sure. nothing new. Yeah. The This is the thing that I like about it. it the time limit and the fact that you don't know what your powers are yes. until you get it. A random power is great. You're going to get random powers. Yeah. yeah. It would be funny if there were some like really dud powers yeah, see, that were just, just stupid. Uh, you just have stronger farts that propel you in there. <laughs> yeah. Like just the dumb. So you see one guy's on fire. One guy kind of has like invulnerability. I love the shot where JGL is getting shot in the head and it just kind of bounces off him. Like, so, like that's what would happen to Superman. It would just your face would ripple. And the bullet would fall. It seems. It seems to me that Netflix is kind of floating in this niche of let's. And I ha- obviously haven't seen this movie, but they're let's pay these big names to be in our movies. Yeah. And they're just. This is their movie to kind of just 
have fun, fuck around a little bit. Like you saw that with like Will Smith in in a Netflix in movie, Bright, yeah. Chris Hemsworth. Um, now you're seeing Charlize Theron, and then these two guys, JGL and Jamie yeah, Fox. So I'm not expecting amazing acting, but as long as it's not boring, like yeah. I found the old guard to be at times. Yeah, then I think it'll be a success. This looks more action packed, and both those guys are really good actors. Like the you can, I think you can uh, expect a good performance. From both of them hopefully the script is good i don't know if it's original or if it's based on anything what is it called uh project power it takes place in new orleans would you guys take a pill with uh with that risk you would don't know what the power is what and does you it, may die. what's the downside you may die like that one dude explodes so it could mm. kill you she says just but that's just like all drugs if you take hard drugs there's always what would a, i a do risk. with five minutes of power five minutes of pure power i would i'd probably fucking spin the roll the dice but what yeah. would you do with that five minutes of power? It would depend on the power. So you have to you have to be really good at thinking on your feet and coming up with something. You don't have a lot of time. Maybe you would have a list of different powers and then the best thing to do in a database or something in a Google spreadsheet. Just, to be, be just for context, both of these directors yeah. really haven't done much. No, yeah, this is not both of them yeah. have done participated in paranormal activity movies and the catfish the tv show so first timers sometimes first timers Some, somewhat first time they've yeah. directed stuff but this is like this is by far the biggest pro, highest profile thing they're gonna do all right yeah i see they do a lot of shorts and videos uh for a lot of first time directors and jgl's doing movies so joseph gordon levitt if if you haven't noticed had been he's missing doing movies as opposed to what no he's been not doing movies for oh. a long time <laughs> He just kind of like, this is his comeback. He did that movie on Amazon, 7,500. That was like his first movie in a few years. He had two kids. He wanted to mm. raise the kids. And now he's doing a, this movie with an a, a, a unknown director. So it's interesting how he's kind of coming back, picking these interesting different projects. And, and that well, 70, he's actually got a good He's got a movie that's coming out um, that was supposed to come out this year, yeah. which was one that, was, that might win an Oscar. I don't know if you guys heard of it. It's what was produced it called? by Sport Spielberg, directed by Aaron Sorkin. The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Oh yes, I did hear about that. Yeah, he's in it. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen is. Oh it? shit, dude! Aaron Sorkin and the Chicago Seven story Keaton, sounds. William Hurt. That sounds amazing. Like it's good. Yeah. That would I would fucking love to watch that. Is it done? I wonder. Put it on. Oh, streaming. it's done. It's supposed to come out in October. It'll, but we'll it'll be, see. It'll be on VOD. Yeah. That American Pickle Seth Rogen movie is out on HBO Max, by the way. It's out What's uh, that? What's that about? I don't know. It's like he he plays himself and his grandfather and something about he's a pickle maker or something. I don't fucking know. He's a pickler. He's a pickler. Looks like Netflix is going to put this out. Oh, really? Yeah. The 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 it was supposed Chicago to be in the theaters, 7. but yeah, I think it looks yeah. like Netflix is probably uh, going to do it. Uh speaking of a net Oh, this is not Netflix. Speaking of HBO Max, Ridley Scott's US TV directorial debut it's coming out September 3rd in the form of a TV show called Raised by Wolves. This fucking trailer is wild. Yeah, I don't even know what it's about. I think it's, uh, I have an idea what it's about, but so here's it's the description. Crazy. Raised by Wolves centers on two androids tasked with raising human children on a mysterious virgin planet. Uh, burgeoning colony of humans threatens to be torn apart by religious differences. The androids learn that controlling the beliefs of humans is a treacherous and difficult task. Oh, you think? You think, androids? Uh, so, yeah, it looks like the Earth is dead and the androids are uh, birthing babies and raising human kids as androids. And they, I love, I love this trailer. I love the use of the three, the three little, uh, the, the big bad wolf, Red Riding Hood. Is that what it was? Three little, no, pigs. three little pigs and the big That's bad right. wolf. 
uh, analogy. Uh, Anthony, what do you think of this? Crazy. It's, it's your man. It's your boy, Ridley Scott. <laughs> My boy. Aliens. I like, I like some Ridley Scott. Um, this reminded me of the vibe that I got from Prometheus. A little bit. And that is just really strange and a lot of the different things here. The, the only difference is it doesn't have the baggage of all that is yeah. alien history. So yeah. for me personally, I mean, it's a TV series. I'm not a hunt. I'm not crazy interested in getting invested in it. But if it's good and enough people say it's good, then I'll, I'll watch it. But um, it looks crazy for sure. And I mean, it looks, I feel it looks like out there. It's going to be like a horror sci-fi show. And there's a lot of those out there now. But I think that this is... Um, a little bit more edgy and uh, kind of like, you know, you watch Annihilation. You're like, I don't fucking know what I'm watching. Yeah. This is going to feel like you're watching a series of Annihilation. It, it may be <laughs> a know? little confusing. Uh, but Ridley Scott usually at least is more accessible than with the, you know, the guy who does the Annihilation stuff. Uh, so, Alex Garvey. Yeah. Yeah. Ridley's producing the whole series and directing the first two. And look, it looks like Game of Thrones level production and and money, like Big Bites HBO Max, and there's a fucking crazy crawly creature I'm, that looks frightening. And it I'm looks, watching it. Yeah, I'm it looks watching, fucking I'm totally watching it. Looks fucking dope. And the whole thing about them, like the aliens trying to control the humans, doesn't remind me of aliens and Prometheus, and uh, could be good. Uh, the boys over on Amazon Prime is coming out September fourth, and like we were just talking about, they continue to promote the series really well, though. With the final season two trailer that gives you a little bit more of the story. Uh, Anthony, what did we learn more about this season? Seems like there's a new superhero or super villain in town. And she's got a big role. And then she's creating this group of enhanced terrorists. And yeah, I mean, it's just more yeah. of... Uh, more absurdity, more craziness from the first season, just ratcheted up maybe to another level. So, I mean, I'm interested. Uh, I like the first season a lot. And uh, this trailer just seems like more of the same. I mean, it seems like they've been releasing stuff every week. Yeah. So I kind of already have an idea of what I'm watching. Yeah. Um, but yeah, laser my fucking tits. Let's Dude, go. That's the best line. Don't be a pussy and laser my fucking tits. The thing that I like about these trailers, especially this last trailer. Yeah is that you do get the sense that Homelander is going to be an unpredictable uh, force in this because he was the bad guy and he was the main antagonist. And now this new person comes in and he doesn't like this person. Yeah, I wonder I what side she – because she's – Stormfront's like, well, we're going to raise an army of millions of soups. And some of the signs that people are holding in that protest scene are interesting. And again, it's super fucking bloody and violent. You see him laser a guy in half and – Heads are exploding. It's just perfect. Should Boys. be fun. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait. I mean, I was thinking about how, like, this is a great age for these superhero slash family, dysfunctional family shows. There's so many. You got Legends of Tomorrow, which is a cartoon, but it's a, they're a fun family. You got fucking Doom Patrol on HBO, which is on HBO Max now. And they're, they're, they're in season two. It's so good. And it's so weird. It is so out there that it's amazing. Then you got Umbrella Academy, which is a, a little bit less weird, but still fantasy. And then the boys is so gritty and grounded. And like, I, I can see them trying to do political allegories with this election coming up and this coming out a month before. This is going to be very interesting um, with how close they troll things. Should be fun. 
But I'm just glad to have all three. Dude, those three shows, Doom Patrol, Netflix, uh, Umbrella Academy, and The Boys are amazing. They're all so good. I haven't right watched now. Doom Patrol. I got to get, get back on it. It's very good. It's very strange, but it's very good. I'm enjoying it. Uh, and then the last trailer is, it's not a superhero movie, but it is for sure a movie that is going to be added onto that 99 Mind Fox movie list. <laughs> it is Charlie Kaufman's latest movie coming out on Netflix September 4th also. So Labor Day, bunch of shit is going to come out. Everyone will be home. Check all this out. Uh, this trailer is very weird. Here's the description of the movie. Is this full of misgivings? A young woman travels with her new boyfriend to his parents' secluded farm. Upon arriving, she comes to question everything she thought she knew about him and herself based on a novel by Ian Reed. Uh, Anthony, this is a weird one. What did you think of this trailer? Strange, for sure. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Get Out. Oh. I was about to say the same oh, thing. Shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. A little bit. A little bit of Get Out, but maybe even like taken a step further in terms of weirdness. Um, Yeah, I mean, I kind of liked it. I didn't think it was... Uh, I, you know, it was the kind of weird that sometimes can turn me off, but yeah. I like Get Out a lot. So, yeah, that's what it reminded me of Get Out. I mean, we've experienced. Uh, I was just waiting for someone to stir some tea. So, yes. <laughs> get out. So, Rugs, you also getting a horror vibe. So, this is a Charlie Kaufman written, directed horror movie, but maybe not a straight horror movie. I mean, I like. I like the absurdity in his movies and I like the comedy in his movies. Yeah. So, hopefully, yeah. there's some comedy in there. Yeah. Which is like um, being John Malkovich, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind have both of those aspects, and he does it really well. Yeah, so I don't know. I didn't really see a, little, a lot of comedy in this. So, I mean, it's fine for him to stretch. Uh, let's see what what happens. What do you guys have? You guys seen any movies he's actually directed? Adaptation. Adaptation is the other one. Uh, well, that one he wrote. Yeah, he directed. Well, he didn't write the only, he, the he, did, he, did, he, he did Sinandoke, New York, yeah. or something. And Anomalisa, Anna Melissa. So, so I don't think I've I don't, seen. I don't know what he's like as a director. Uh, right. Anomalisa is done with puppets, and I watched yeah. that. Yes, it's very strange. <laughs> so he did a whole after doing John Malkovich. He does a whole movie with puppets. Puppets, yes. And I, as a puppet, I had to watch it. <laughs> well, like, they made me watch. Yes. It. So, In your contract, I'll I'm take just wondering if, he, if he's as good at directing his own stuff as he is. I feel like he's going to be a he's a weird director, but I have not seen. Uh, he's only directed see, two other movies. So I yeah. remember falling asleep to his movie Sin and Don't <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. But when he's paired with a great director like Spike Jones or Michelle Gondry on the other one, Eternal Sunshine, uh, the results are amazing. I'll tell you this. The audio of this trailer creeped me out because you see the, the dog starts shaking and it looks oh, like strange. Right. Yeah. And then the sound of it keeps going. The dog's just standing. Sorry. It, Sounds like he's been shaking the entire time. Yes, and I'm thinking of this poor dog, but it's also like he's stuck in time because she's clearly hinting of some kind of time manipulation, all points in time. There's also hints that the guy can hear her thoughts. Yes, that that I also thought was interesting. Kenny here, what she's thinking, and uh, Tony Collette and the father are super creepy when they're when she goes to visit him. In this, like the whole thing got me super sucked in and. Hoffman is just like, he's unique. He's original. He's definitely different. It's always going to be something fucking crazy. So, but look, that's all. You don't got to pay $30 for any of that shit, people. That's well, all shit we're going to get to watch. It's based on a book from what I'm seeing. Yes. Ian Reed. Yeah. I think the book was fairly recent too. Yeah. A couple years. 2016. Yeah. Last thing in the news, uh, some Marvel news. Finally, there's, you know, what Marvel's <laughs> been quiet except for nothing. I haven't done anything. 
uh, Captain Marvel 2, a movie way in the future, has found a director. Uh, Deadline, according to Deadline, Marvel has enlisted Candyman reboot director Nia DaCosta to direct the sequel, which she will be replacing the pair of Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. Good, I didn't like yes, that. Yes. I, I, I thought they were whatever. I think they Anything's were okay. Anything's an yes. upgrade from there, yes. I hope. I think this is probably a good idea, different movie, different director. I've not, did this Candyman reboot come out? I don't even know. So I don't know what else she's done. No, it didn't come no, out. Didn't well, come out. Uh, directing wise, she did uh, a movie called Top Boy. Ooh, Top Boy. <laughs> I think I saw that on a special channel. It's actually a, a TV series, apparently. Oh, it's a TV series. Yeah. Oh, it's two episodes. Little Woods is what she's done Little that Woods. people maybe have seen. Little Woods and Top Boy. Hey, give sounds her like boy. both like porn names. <laughs> give her a shot. Like, look, it can't. Like, they sound like both like porn names. Oh, and then she'll be the first black woman to direct at Marvel Studios. Phil yeah. White. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I just uh, like Top Boy. Top Boy. Meanwhile, <laughs> Patty Jenkins has said uh, after she's doing Wonder Woman 3, she's done. I'm out, which I can't blame her. That's, Wonder Woman 3? Yeah. She's, she's like, well, we're going to do a third one. Well, I don't know what they're doing with the second one. When Isn't they're that like... You shouldn't do more than three. No, you shouldn't. Take three. Even Nolan, when he did the Batman trilogies, he did a movie in between. You do three Wonder Woman's back to back. That's fucking draining. You're going to run out of shit to fucking Wonder Woman about. <laughs> I like that she's our uh, either you. I like that either you're just reporting this yeah. to us or that she's just coming out and saying after three, I'm done when two hasn't even come no, out. No, she said somewhere. I'm, th- I'm done after three. Was, oh, okay. That was, cool. That was, Good for the, you. That was the news story. The you headline. still have another movie to direct. Yes, oh, okay. You're more. really drawing a line in the sand <laughs> here. If, if two shits to bed, do you think you're going to let her do three? <laughs> yes, that's a good point also. No, that was the headline. Is Patty Jenkins oh. says, I'm done after I'm three. I'm done after three. Great. Oh, okay. Fucking good. Great. Give it to yeah, someone you, else. I mean, you, you, at, at three is a good amount. Yeah. Three, you get your... You're not doing anything. You're, this isn't news. Uh, <laughs> Let's get two out first, though. How about yeah, that? Yeah, how about we get the, the second yes. one out and get some yeah. reception to that? Uh, all right. Well, look, uh, you know what I'm thinking of doing uh, is uh, shaving my balls. My balls oh. are hot. Because, oh, Jesus. Because what? Hard transition there. Look, uh, we you need to have a safe way to groom your body hair, Anthony, and we have a, a great solution. What's that? It's our awesome sponsor, <laughs> Manscaped. Oh, look, uh, it's been uh, the pandemic. You probably are not doing any kind of grooming. You probably look like Sasquatch down there. Oh, Bigfoot. So you should do something. Yeah. Come on. Look in the mirror. Look down at your balls. You can't see your dick. We know you can't. <laughs> so uh, use the Manscaped. Uh, Whatever this fuck is thing is called, the, the lawnmower, lawnmower. 3.0 <laughs> is amazing piece of technology. You, you don't need to know the name of it. Yeah. You just need to go and buy it and use it. All you need to do is go to manscaped.com, use the promo code Jock and Nerd, and you will get 20% off and free shipping Jock and Nerd. on anything you buy there. And they have amazing products. They're an amazing company to partner with. We can't thank them for their sponsorship enough, but this lawnmower is amazing. It's got a light. It's got It's waterproof. <laughs> Got an awesome grip. It's got a it feels great in your hand. It feels great when it vibrates your balls and it won't nick your balls. Well, yeah, and, and the grip is is so good that you won't have to worry about it vibrating so much that it slips out your hands and cut your dick off. No, even so sweaty people, if you suffer from sweaty palms, this is the trimmer for you. I think we've done enough. <laughs> 
I think that's good. Visit manscaped.com, promo code Jock and Aaron. We'll get you 20% off free shipping. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back with a Patreon pick movie review right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. What's up, everybody? This is Mr. Throwback Thursday from the Mr. Throwback Thursday podcast. Along with my co-host, Bill, every Thursday, we bring you classic hip-hop. Classic. Classic. You know, all the good stuff. The stuff that you forgot about. The golden age. Pre-golden age. Back to the original era. Each week, we bring you hip-hop headlines. So we let you know what's going on with your favorite artists from back in the day. We bring you Woo News. We dedicate an entire segment just to the Wu-Tang Clan every week. Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. We bring you two records. One is a one and done. One is a record of the week. We give you an artist of the month. We give you all the classics. Classic. Classic. Come and check us out. Every week we're on iTunes, Stitcher, and at MrThrowbackThursday.com. And if you remember nothing else, always remember, new school stale, old school fresh. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We'll get you back to your podcasty goodness now in a minute. First, we'd like to take a second to tell you about our marginally better podcast, the 365 Flex Podcast. I am the Scottish weeding whore, Chris. And I am the pissy ex-video store clerk, Kev. And we bring you the latest movie and TV news, reviews and rants. All that and a bunch of top fives that you really will not care about. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Libsyn and all other third-party podcasting apps and on top of all that you'll get free access to our indie talk you'll hear us speaking with directors producers actors comic book creators and artists about their experiences don't forget to drop us five stars and follow us on the facebooks and the twitters told them not to go in the water Listener, if you enjoy the show, then you be sure to join our awesome fan club. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Jock and Nerd! And you will, can support the show and you'll get cool stuff. Uh, and everyone who supports the show gets a bonus podcast RSS feed. Oh, you shit. know that, that music you play in that tradition yeah. where I go Jock yeah. and Nerd? It reminds me of that Chappelle skit where he's playing Rick James and he has that aura. Oh, yes. And, and he's just waving at like, the camera to come closer. That's what that reminds me of. That's you. I've created... That's me. That's it reminds you. me of me. Like, that music where I'm going to jock and they're, it just reminds me, like, if, if someone was looking through a peephole and I was just fingering <laughs> them to come closer it's with, like, a, a yellow aura around it's me. It's very, oh, like... fingering. You're fingering? Yeah. Oh, you know, like, like hey, come here. Seductive. Not fingering them, like, sticking my finger in their butthole. You'd have to pay for that, of this course. It's very trippy. I find it surreal and seductive at the same time. Right. Like it gets, That's what I was thinking of. Yes. So sorry to interrupt. Gets me all tingly. Look, first of all, a big thank you to all our continuing supporters. We can't thank you enough for hanging out. I know times are crazy. Uh, and for those of you guys still supporting us, trust me, it means the world. You guys are awesome. And you're enjoying stuff like the shows coming out early and Corona binge reports, tiny short movie reviews from mostly Anthony. Uh, sometimes I was going to do a bunch and I fucking dropped the ball. So, well, look, you got nothing but time. So, yeah, keep them coming. Anthony, what did you binge report this week on the feed there? Uh, what did I do? I did airplane. Yes. Exclamation point. Yes. You have to say airplane. Airplane. 
And I did 48 hours with hours abbreviated. Uh, yeah, don't spell out the hours, period. Look, first of all, really. 80s movies. Yes, and appropriate for the movie we're going to talk about this episode. You had a, a, a great week of watching kind of awesome classic 80s movies. Yeah, a- Airplane. Stupid good time. Dude, you don't understand how happy I am you watched Airplane. I'm, I know. I, I knew that would make oh you my very God. happy. We're gonna ta- there, there's 75 oh, jokes going on in every scene. It's ama- I want to talk about it later. After we do, I just we have to discuss the Airplane. because, But even 48 hours, because I rewatched both of those movies after you turned those in. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, fuck, I got to watch these again. And yeah, they're both on Netflix. For- 48 hours is, is great. I never actually sat down and watched the entire thing. Yeah. Uh, another great 80s classic. And listener, if you give us $10 or more a month, you get to pick any movie and force us to watch it and review it. Oh, shit. Sometimes it's a pleasure. Sometimes it's torture. That's the fun of the whole fucking promotion. So sign up, jockandnerd.com slash Patreon, and we're going to do one of those movies right now. We'll be reviewing 1987's The Lost Boys. Here's your spoiler alert. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. Uh, this movie, sponsored by, dedicated to Ron Hans. This is his second pick. His first pick was Watchmen, which we did on episode 239. So if you are a patron for over a year, $10 or more, you can pick another movie. So this is Ron's second pick. And Ron, we have to thank you. Ron has been a patron for 41 months. He is in wow, the thank you. top five for total wow. lifetime donations. Oh, shit. Ron Hans is. You are amazing. Thank you, sir. Uh, means a lot. This movie on Rotten Tomatoes sitting at a nice 76% or The Lost Boys. Uh, 6.36 out of 10 average rating. The movie was made for, what was the budget here? Not a lot. Obviously, it was the 80s, about $8.5 million. Goes on to make $32 million worldwide, which for an R-rated movie in the 80s, that's not too bad of a return. This is Joel Schumacher's fourth movie in, the late Joel Schumacher. Uh, we talked about him. We were talking about him. Oh, because he passed away. We talked about him. and then we, yeah. That's right. Then we did, a mo- did we do one of his movies? I can't Everything blends together. No, not for a while. Not for a while. We did Batman and Robin. Directed by Joel Schumacher. Written by, story by Jan Fisher and James Jeremiah. Screenplay by Jan Fisher, James Jeremiah, and Jeffrey Boehm. Starring an amazing 80s cast of young up-and-comers. You got Jason Patrick as Michael. Corey Haim as Sam. Diane Wiest as Lucy. Bernard Hughes as the grandpa. Edward Herman as Max. Kiefer Sutherland vampire david jamie gertz from the 80s as star Corey feldman as edgar frog jameson newlander as his brother alan frog you got brooke mccarter as paul billy worth as Dwayne, and a young alex winter as marco and he uh he's credited as alexander winter uh in the movie but i think he shortened it later i think that's his it's just his first movie it's gotta be right before bill and ted excellent adventure yeah yeah. I think. Uh, let's see. Alex Winter. Oh no, this isn't his fourth movie. It's his. Reeked? It's his second movie. He was in Death Wish three mm. in 1985, and then The Lost Boys. Uh so yeah, nice young Alex Winter. Anthony, this is a cult classic 80s movie. Had you ever seen this before? No, of course not. Great. Yes. <laughs> no. I love it. Can you tell me what happens in The Lost Boys? 
Oh, man. The Lost Boys is about these two brothers that move into Santa Clara or Santa Carla. Santa Carla. Santa Carla, which is this rundown town somewhere probably in California where there's a lot of crime and apparently there's fucking vampires. Yeah. And they somehow get across, come across these vampires because one of the older brothers falls in love with some chick and ends up uh, getting initiated into these vampires. And then a lot of crazy, weird shit happens because one of the guys is part vampire now. So there you go. One of the brothers. Yeah. And it's uh, it's all about uh, dealing with that guy becoming a part vampire in this wacky town. Nice, straightforward plot. Now, Ruggs, uh, what is your relationship with this movie? I feel like you've probably... I saw this in sixth grade. Oh, really? And I loved it when I was in sixth grade because I didn't know shit. Yeah. Um, I was like, hey, there's a guy reading comic books. I like comic books. He says something about Batman. And I was like, oh, you know, it's about Batman. <laughs> and uh, I liked vampires. And I thought the vampire uh, aspect was cool. Like, cool. There was some goth shit going on. There was some, like, new uh, post-punk weird stuff going on. So, um it had some good vibes during the time. And, you know, I think it influenced a lot of shit um, in its time. And uh, as far as horror movies and stuff like that. And uh, I remember liking it when I was a kid, like a lot. So for some reason, I thought that you like watched this a lot. This wasn't one that you would throw on all the time. You weren't. No, this was one it. I've seen like maybe once or twice okay. when I was a kid. And okay. I just remember liking it. But I wasn't really into like horror movies. Yeah. So, but I did appreciate it uh, a lot because it's like, it, it's kind of like a horror movie, but it's not. It's kind of more of a black comedy or whatever in some aspects. But uh, it was like something I watched like maybe once or twice and uh, I enjoyed it when I was a kid. Anthony, you primed yourself properly with the airplane and the 48 hours <laughs> to now watch 87's Lost Boys later in the decade. What did you think about this movie now in 2020 first time? Yeah, I mean, there's movies that are the right kind of weird and have enough elements where, you know, this has vampires, this has uh, these kids that are moving into a new town, these has uh, some weird sex scene, this has the, these two kids one one including Corey feldman who are in a comic book store and acting like they're rambo the frog brothers so there's a lot of like weird things yeah. that can click for people uh this doesn't click for no, me oh, no. No, no this i mean the only thing i really enjoyed was Corey feldman having a, trying to have an adult voice throughout the entire yeah. film and well, some yeah. of the like vampire rules and when they're trying to prep to eventually kill these guys yeah. but for most of this movie it just it didn't click i'm i'm sorry this there's not, there wasn't, it's just one of those movies where it's going to click and you're going to really like it or you're not. And I just, I was not entertained by a lot of this movie. I found it to be really strange and, and the humor just didn't click. This with is me. a movie that has a lot of fans and it's a, it's a big cult movie that people watch over and over again. Now myself, I, I don't think I've ever seen this movie all the way through. So I finally, when I sat down to watch it, it was kind of like the first time to me, but in a way, I mean, it is, it's funny and it's scary. And uh, there's a little bit of action, and I believe it was the first kind of mix of horror comedy. You didn't really see that before. I don't think studios thought that would work. Well, not in a mainstream film. Right. In mainstream movies, they were afraid to put out a movie like that, an R-rated, 
but it's kind of the perfect 80s movie. It has everything you need in an 80s movie. It's got both Corys. It's got big-haired vampires riding motorcycles. It's got comic books. It's got 80s music. It's got a shirtless fucking wrestler playing a saxophone on the dock on the beach as a frontman of a band. That guy is a real person, by the way. His, uh, his name is Tim. Where's his name? Um, he is an actual musician, Tim Capello. He's played with a bunch of people. He went to Juilliard. He's a trained musician on the saxophone, and that is his shtick, which I thought was hilarious. But this cast really makes this movie. I really enjoyed the cast of this movie. It's like, because uh, Corey Feldman and Kiefer Sutherland are in Stand By Me. Yes. And they both have roles where Corey Feldman's a good guy, Kiefer Sutherland's a bad guy. And it's like they took them and put them in this movie and then just jacked them up to 11 in terms of absurdity. So I just had that quick up. Ah, that's a good point. Um, this movie made me gay, right? That's all, that's all I have to say about <laughs> this film. Okay. <laughs> because I just remember when I was a kid that Jason Patrick was so handsome. He's pretty hunky in this. And he's, yeah, he he's like really good looking. And I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm sure chicks like are drooling over this guy. I wanted to like be like that guy. And like, um, I, at, when I was a kid, I didn't really like pay attention to the story structure or the script. I was just like, oh, the music is cool. Like people are strange, uh, done by, Echo uh, and the bunny men. Great color. Echo and the bunny yeah, men. Great yeah. Color like a that. good goth group. Yeah. Um, Cry little you sister. Had, like, it's a good song. yeah, you, you had like all of that cool stuff goes like, there's a lot of cool going into it. Um, so I was like, kind of like, uh, romanced by that when I was a kid. And I, I thought that the vampires were cool, that they could fly and, uh, all of that, all that junk. Um, I forgot completely about the saxophone guy. The saxophone and I'm watching it this time, I just could not forget it. It was, the, it was like it was like one of those things. Like, holy shit, there's like a fucking guy. I'm like, this is the gayest movie I've ever seen. Like, it really is. It's like you have this hot young guy. They go to see a guy playing a saxophone with his shirt off, who's got greased tits, and then and then a little bit later, it's like the the bad guy and the good guy. They like have like this. They want they want to they want to be together, and you know the girls are it's like an afterthought, you know. Yeah. And it's like you got Corey Feldman in the bubble bath. It's like <laughs> uh, Corey Haim in the bubble bath. Yeah. And like he's wearing like these like weird clothes that are very flamboyant. Corey Haim, like what yeah. is that outfit he's wearing? So it's like it was like a very homoerotic movie. Now that I look at it, oh, it's, and, it's uh, Joel Schumacher. Oh yeah, definitely. So, um, like the girl's an afterthought, like Jamie Gertz, which is like, she plays the nerd and everything. And they tried to make her the hot girl, yeah, but she didn't show any of her boobs or anything. So like you, so like kind of disappointed eighties movie, no boobs. boobs I mean, that's a a staple. Like you gotta have it in there. It's an eighties movie, but like, um, I don't know. I mean, I did like it. I did like it when I was a kid. I did not like it. Now, I thought it was really terrible. Yeah. But um uh, <laughs> <laughs> But I just it's one of those things when you revisit your past, sometimes yeah. you're yes. pleasantly surprised. Yes. And sometimes you're like, oh that shit. Oh my god, I can't believe I liked it. But um I still like it to a like in in a kitschy way, but I I, I like it like I like I, uh Roadhouse, you know, kind of just no, like Roadhouse no. is like legit. Like, <laughs> okay. It's like so like first of all this script makes no sense. No, they don't explain a lot of things, and a lot of no, things don't no, make sense. They, but it there's so matter. many opportunities. Like, okay, he goes to the underground lair to see Star, right? And they don't talk. They just start having sex, but yeah. they don't show you the sex. Yeah. So, like, she's like, no, I can't talk to you about it. I just have to F, F you. 
What am I saying? You don't, yeah, have, to, have, you to don't have to censor here, Rex. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> there's also things like, well, what makes Jason Pat like why Jason Patrick punches Kiefer Sutherland in the face? Yeah, I guess Kiefer Sutherland likes it. He liked it. He's he like, likes yeah, it. I like, you got Moxie, I, I don't understand why. Okay, they want him to be a part of it. Like they just are like, follow me. And he just follows them. It's mysterious. Like, why would he follow them? <laughs> it, there's, so there's a lot of things that are just kind of written really weird. Yeah. I personally, between for Roadhouse, no, I didn't have Roadhouse. I, was, I had more closer to the Wraith vibes than I did oh, Roadhouse. Oh, shit. Oh, I forgot about the Wraith. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. This is the Wraith it's is step on up, a different level. This is bad, above the like, Wraith. Come on. This is not Wraith. To me, it's closer bad. to the Wraith than, than it Roadhouse. is Roadhouse. The uh, so Wraith uh, had uh, boobs. Wraith did, did have boobs. Yes. Wraith, don't get me wrong. Wraith is a. Is a Bad movie. Yes, this movie I can somewhat appreciate, like the just how strange and at points how fun it can kind of be. Yeah, but I mean, just the 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 the, the stew that they made, I just didn't like it. There's some ingredients I liked. I, I could eat the beef, maybe some of the onions, but the rest of it, nah. Not it doesn't all. work. Not it doesn't work. It doesn't hold together that well. No, I will agree that in the like the first half of it, like its setup stuff is really great. This world building, but then the end becomes a conventional. Usual fucking bullshit. And See, I actually kind of like the end more than the beginning. Oh, it's flimsy. It's it's a little flimsy. It's super. It's it's like you have somebody like Joel Schumacher that does like pretty decent films, and you expect more from him now, especially going into it that way, knowing oh this is a Joel Schumacher film, and going oh this guy, I mean he made Batman and Robin. You're like oh that makes sense. He made this movie too. <laughs> like so. He can make bad movies. He can make great movies. He can make terrible movies. Um, I don't know. Like, uh, okay, so the, he gets to town, and it, like, it, like everything happens in that same day. Kind they of get yes. there. He meets the these guys. He all of a sudden he just chases a girl. He goes to see a saxophone playing uh, guy with his tits greased up, he sees the and girl. then sees a girl in the crowd, <laughs> yeah. follows her. Yeah. And then the mother her. walks into the same video store where they're in, and he gets the job. Everything's so convenient. Yeah, it's the eighties. It's, it's just, the eighties movie. That's what happens. I know, but it's it's like, yeah, that in the eighties you could do that. You could just say fuck it. These people, like everyone, was so dumb. Yeah, yeah. In the eighties, yes. that like you didn't have to explain things. Like you just kind of go with it, which is what they. It's do a movie. A lot right? in this. You need to get to this. It, so <laughs> it does have a, a few historical significant. Things first of all, I find it interesting. I read this whole article from the Atlantic uh, now saying uh, to Joe Schumacher's credit, this comes out in Reagan's America, and the movie goes against like the the conservative notion of family sexuality, the idea of a nuclear family. When a lot of other movies were falling in line with the nuclear family, this one now challenging it. So there is that kind of queerness in there. It's on purpose, and you know Michael's being pulled between two families and then that made me question like who are the lost boys are they the vampires or is it sam and michael who are kind of lost and they're just looking for a place to belong but more importantly this is the movie that made vampires young and sexy oh shit. this creates the teen vampire genre there's a directly influenced joss whedon cites this as its inspiration for buffy the vampire uh slayer the twilight movies clearly vampire diaries because if you remember up until then 
vampires used to look like Bram Stoker's Dracula. And I remember yeah, it was this. Just Dracula. Because when I was like eight, I dressed up, I would dress up for Dracula for Halloween like several years in a row. And it was, you had to have a cape and a white face and that hair peak coming down, you know? Uh, and then suddenly they're vampires that look normal, but then they morph and they're young and sexy. Nobody had ever seen this before. This was like a huge risk that Schumacher wanted to do. And it, it pays off and creates this whole genre. And I always love vampire movies when you talk about like the different rules, because they always have different rules for each movie. So on this one, like I love how the dogs can sense them. Garlic doesn't work. I love that dinner scene where they're trying to figure out if Max is the head vampire, which some of that didn't make sense because he has a reflection. So how yeah. is he? But he did get invited in, which never what does that mean? You don't want you can't invite a vampire. They can't come in until you invite them. I thought hmm. wasn't that one of the rules? You know, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I enjoyed like when the the two uh, the kids are, are stealing holy water from a yes, they come from in a there, wedding. The, the wedding. I mean, some of it's some of it's clever. I mean, it, it's just not my not for me, <laughs> not for me. I mean, you did have Fright Night that came out yes, in the eighties yes, as well. That was the other was, one. Yes, that was the other one that yeah. was kind of big. Uh, and there's another one I can't remember. It's a uh, it's a, it's a great one, but I can't remember what it's called. But this was like the real, the big, bigger one that got a lot more attention, and uh, people still talk about it to this day. Yeah, apparently. I, I mean, I, I looked, I looked on Letterbox because I'm a big Letterbox yeah, guy, and a lot of most people, most people kind of kind of regard it as a as a cult classic type thing. But it is one of those that if you liked it as a kid and you go back and watch it, you're like, oh boy. Mm, this <laughs> I could see myself really enjoying it as a kid and thinking this was an edgy film, especially in the eighties. Like I love the whole comic book scene. I can't believe I missed this one. I always remember hearing about it, but I never sat down. Kiefer Sutherland is so good though in this movie. He doesn't have a lot of lines, but he's. Uh, I thought he was, he did a good job as uh, David. He, he's definitely got a. I mean, from this and Stand by Me, he's definitely got a persona that first off I never was aware of because yeah. I've always thought of him in Twenty Four. Right. Yes. And. He's definitely an awesome looking asshole. Like yes. I, I definitely want to punch that guy yeah. in the face. So when he did 24, he this was he had like I think he had an alcohol problem and he went away for a while. And that was his kind of coming back. Uh, he, he's got a great face to punch. Yes, he, he does. But then, you know, you think about the tragic life of uh, Corey Haim and how he ended up. They, he, he overdosed. It was two, 2010. Um, but this is the movie where the Corey's met and. Some of the 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 behind the scenes stuff, like apparently they were just fucking partying, like all yeah. the time. They did, re, they did a bunch of movies and yeah. reality show TV. But together. on the set of this movie, they were all kind of fucking partying. Also, like these these kids, they were like twelve, thirteen, and both of the Feldmans, both of the Corys were like doing drugs and drinking, um, which is what you did in the entertainment. I guess that's industry. the eighties, right? Yeah, it was it was the eighties. Being young and yeah. famous in the eighties. Yeah, that's what happens. I forgot about Near Dark. Near Dark came out with Bill Paxton. Oh. The same year. Really? I don't even know that movie. Oh, I, I'll put a link in the notes right here. So I have the, a couple of fun production notes that kind of explain a couple of things. Originally, so the title is a reference to the Lost Boys from Peter Pan. Yeah, of And course. Neverland. J.M. Barry's, you know, Peter Pan. They never grow they old. They never grow old like vampires. Originally, this movie was going to be directed by Richard Donner after. Oh, jeez. Yes. After the, his hit Goonies with Goonies two years earlier, they wanted to make a uh, a young kid comedy vampire movie. 
Originally, the film was envisioned as more of a juvenile vampire adventure with 13 or 14-year-old vampires, and the Frog Brothers were going to be chubby 8-year-old Cub Scouts, and the character of Star was a young boy. But then Donner left to do Lethal Weapon. Schumacher goes, I'll do this, but we have to make this a lot sexier and more adult. And he rewrote the thing, aged everyone up, and Schumacher has said that The Lost Boys is, in a way, about the fear we have of the other those who have lived outside of the mainstream. So he's tapping into like Reagan's America. I I do like the plot of this film. I do like the fact that it's like about uh, you know this broken family and this guy moves to a new town and he finds this new group and this group actually wants him to join. It yep. wants him yep. to be part of this group and he's kind of torn, but they don't do it well. It's just the the the, the ideas are there. The concept is solid. It's just executed shittily. I mean, I mean, it, I, I mean, as an 80s movie, I mean, if they were to do this movie again yeah. and add the same, like all these undertones that you're talking about, about Reagan's America and yeah. falling in line yeah. and like being against culture and doing your, and, and kind of living your own way. And you could, but they, they basically mustache twirled the bad guy and, yeah. you know, didn't make him sympathetic. It would have been cool, but it would have been a better dichotomy for him to go, do I want to be a part of this weird ass world? Like you could do a lot with this idea. But even Max at the end, he just wanted a family. You know, that's why he was going after their mom. And uh, he said it was all going to be perfect. Lucy, one big happy family, your boys, my boys. And then Edgar has that great line. He goes, the blood sucking Brady bunch. It's like these movies, these movies in the eighties are just all glossy. They're just all surface they level. They don't, that's what I was thinking. They don't really yes. like, they don't really try and like, build anything that's real yeah they're just okay let's get the quippy lines in let's just see if we can get a couple of fun quippy lines in let's see if we can get like you know jason patrick to bite his lip again you know like <laughs> and uh let's get this let's grease up this guy's tits they end the and the lines i i thought it would have more lines there weren't a lot like the only the one line i liked was when Corey haim goes my own brother a goddamn shit sucking vampire you wait till mom finds out, buddy. Like that's oh, I like the funny. Eddie Munster line. Oh yes, it's a, a, the attack of Eddie Munster. Death yeah. by stereo. Like they're just yeah, bad, cheesy lines. I thought it would have more. Uh, like I said, this is the movie where the first the two Corys first meet and go on to make a lot of movies. They say the name Michael a hundred and fourteen times. Oh, oh yeah, somebody right? called Michael. Michael, join us. I like us. the Frog Brothers too. I like that there's these two dudes that work in a comic book store that know that know that there's fucking a vampire yeah. problem, and they even have comic they have, books survival guides. to illustrate yeah. this. And they kind of like see the new guy and go, "All right, listen, let me get you hip to what's going on." But it's done so poorly <laughs> and not like and not <laughs> so like cheesy. it's just so over the top. Like Monster Squad is a such much better '80s monster movie yeah. to me. And Monster Squad is aged down. It's they're kids. Yes. Like 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 Stand By Me or right. Goonies. Yeah. And it makes it more fun. So maybe the original version of this would have been better. Schumacher did tell Corey Feldman to just watch Rambo movies and do that, which is why he's doing it. Like that was his direction. Well, that was like the big movie that came out a couple yeah. of years before. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's into it. Uh J- Jamie Gertz, do you know what she's doing now? Her husband, Tony Wrestler. Hello. They, not below. She owns the Atlanta Hawks. Oh, shit. oh, no kidding. Her and her husband bought the NBA team for two seven hundred and twenty million dollars in twenty fifteen. Jeez. Yeah. So Jamie Gertz doesn't need to act anymore. She's doing fine. Uh, and then notice 
You know how there's that great line also going back to the rules, how no two bloodsuckers go out the same way. All of them kind of die differently. One gets melted. The deaths were kind of great and the fucking screaming and yelling. But if you notice, Kiefer Sutherland's David, when he gets impaled, he doesn't explode or melt. He was supposed to be in a sequel. Schumacher was pitching and he was. They made a sequel. It was well, but it wasn't this. He was calling this the Lost Girls. It was going to be called the Lost Girls. David was going to come back. Instead, this movie spawns two sequels, The Lost Boys, The Tribe, and The Lost Boys, The Thirst. Both of those movies star Edgar Frog, Corey Feldman. Uh, Corey Haim has a cameo in The Tribe, and apparently both of them are shit movies. Have you seen? I can imagine. Have you, has anybody seen those rugs? No. No, I've heard they're really bad is from what I could tell. And there was also two comic book series, and there was a TV series planned, and I think they're making a musical. Of course, why not? They got a music. We talked about Kiefer Sutherland. Let me talk about Feldman. But what about Robert Patrick? I mean, Jason Patrick. That, Jason Patrick. He's great. Robert Patrick is the the Terminator. That's the right? Terminator. He's the T one thousand. Jason Patrick. Like that. That guy could have been a huge star. Like what? It was in Speed Two, Speed and that was it. Two. Right? Wasn't he in Rush? Was he the guy in Rush? Yeah. Uh, he Jason was in. Patrick? Uh, was it called Rush? Yes, he was in Rush with. Uh, he was in Geronimo. Oh, he was. He was in Geronimo. What is Jason? What happened to Jason Patrick? Let's yeah, that's see. what I want to know. Like, he could have been like a huge uh, star. Uh, he's been making movies. He loses hair. I think that's what happened. Called The Big Kill. <laughs> he just fucking went bald. Vanished, and then that that's was it. possible. That's known for it. And he was in Sleepers. Uh, other funny story about Jason Patrick and Kiefer Sutherland. They both dated Julia Roberts. And I think Kiefer and Julia were going to get married. And then she called it off. And then she started dating Jason Patrick. Or they were seen together. There was a whole thing. Hey. Yeah, there was a whole thing going on. She got around. But Jason Patrick hasn't done any like big movie in years. That's He was in Narc. I think that was the only movie. He was in Narc. He's, he's really good in this and uh, almost didn't do it. Uh, but uh, they talked him into it, and he talked him into getting Jamie Gertz because uh, it was supposed to be a blonde girl originally, but he was friends with the Gertz. All right, well, let's rate the movie. Anthony, yeah, let's rate it. Where are you putting this movie? Hmm. I'm gonna go with a five. Oh shit! Okay. It's not t- terrible. Right on the line. It's but it's 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 not good. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, rugs. I'm. I would agree with Anthony, but because I saw it in my youth, and it did. And as I said, there is something to how it affects me as a child, and how it spurned all of these interest in other things like. Like kind of like the goth and kind of like that that cool leather jacket wearing shit yeah, and all that fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, um, it's like the crow. I want to give it a six. Yes. Okay. Yeah, the crow seemed to be inspired by this. A six, huh? Well, I do love the eightiness of this movie. I love this cast and just the whole feeling. Yes, it's not uh, the perfect movie. Hmm. I think the greased up saxophone player. <laughs> It's pretty funny. Gives makes me want to give it like a six point seven five, almost a seven. Oh Jesus! Wow. Yeah, you love things. I just d- go, just go full seven. Uh, all right, we'll go seven. Fuck it. It's because it's uh, it's a fun whatever. Also, you know these eighties movies. I appreciate the runtime now in a lot of these movies because they're hour and a half. Nice, easy uh, watch hour 40. there. Yeah. Uh, n- you know, 90 to 100 minutes, and uh, it's over before you know uh, what's going on. Thank you. Uh, who picked this? 
Ron Hans. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ron Hans. Thank, thank you, Ron. Thank you for the pick. He's at 41 months. Ron, you could probably send us the third pick. Yeah, send yes. us something else. Sorry if I'm shitting on your movie. I can't help but be honest. He's done Watchmen and Lost Boys, two good movies. So, Ron, you can uh, send us another one. Uh, let's move into a little bit of what are we watching? Uh, Umbrella Academy season two is out. Can I get a watch update, people? I think I'm like three episodes in or something. Okay, Anthony, have you watched any of this? So I've had some of my friends say that this is actually good, which has made me a, oh, a slightly shit. bit more enthusiastic about starting a TV show where I forgot everything that happened. I watched the recap, and I have watched the first episode. So oh, okay. There you go. Uh, I watched the whole thing already. Jesus Christ. Well, and But you know what? It was a really breezy binge. Like, it was easy to just keep going. I'm not mad at it. I wasn't I mad thought at I was going to hate it, but I actually am enjoying it to a degree. Fun show, so we will review. That, that makes me a little bit more apt to to want to watch more episodes. I mean, it's not bowling me over, but I'm like, it's, I, I'm, I'm happy that it's on. First episode wasn't bad, yeah. just for what yeah. it's worth. It's fun. There's a lot of uh, time travel. Time travel and rehashing and trying to remember what happened last uh season but you get into it uh so we will review this fully hopefully when everyone's done maybe by next week i don't know probably not probably not okay (laughs) uh anybody else watching anything fun they want to shout out i don't remember i mean i watched a lot of shit but like i haven't remember anything besides umbrella academy i quite enjoyed watching just for what it's worth trump's interview with uh, Jonathan Swan. Oh, that guy's f- face uh, that, reactions. That guy, were yeah, that guy's hilarious. He's like, what? He has, he's just like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> wait, that, wait what? he goes, he goes, uh, yeah, wait, so Trump goes something along the lines of, we, we're, we're te- you could, some would say we're testing too much. He's like, who's saying that? He's like, well, you could read like the manuals or books. Like what manuals? And Jonathan's, you know, he's like, what manuals? What are you talking about? What books? <laughs> Look at these graphs here. No, no. What? You're reading this frog. Uh, oh, his, the memes. His reactions are his just react, so funny. the memes. His reactions are great. Well, the, uh, so like I mentioned when we did our, our Patreon read, I rewatched Airplane in Forty Eight Hours. Anthony, uh, I just oh, yeah. we gotta talk about Airplane for a few minutes because okay, fine. You, I'm I'm happy to talk both of those movies. I, I like yes, both and I can't believe I can actually talk about this movie with you, and you know what I'm talking about. This movie was my like initiation to comedy. This was like what started my comedy sensibilities because uh I was when this came out uh I was probably like 8 years old by the time it was on TV and in this movie there are so many jokes. Like if you don't like a joke just a million just jokes. wait a minute there's another one. But it's a great class in different types of jokes. You got puns, you got visual gags, you got wordplay, you have some really clever surreal stuff, humor. surreal, absurdist humor, logical humor, yeah. illogical humor, uh, an amazing cast. And uh, I just wanted to go round robin and just spit out lines from this movie because it's the best way to enjoy this movie. The fucking lines are amazing. What the, uh, you ever been in a cockpit before? No, I never been on a plane before. Have you ever seen a grown man naked? It's just like what? <laughs> ever been to a you like Turkish gladiator pr- movie? You like gladiator movie? You ever been to a Turkish prison, Billy? Uh, Victor, Victor, Roger, Roger. My favorite is Johnny. Clearance, Clarence. What? Huh? Uh, Excuse me, I speak jive. <laughs> Trump don't want help. Trump don't get no help. <laughs> uh, the the fog is getting thicker and Leon's getting larger and fucking Johnny Johnny's the the best way he goes I got a map what can you make out of this oh I can make a brooch or a hat or a pterodactyl <laughs> snatches it away from him fucking Leslie Nielsen with his deadpan delivery I every time I laugh when he goes we gotta get these people to a hospital 
a hospital. What is it? Well, it's a big building with a lot of patients, but that's not important right now. And they just go on. It's the fucking best shit. This, I picked a bad week to stop sniffing glue. And then it cuts to him later and his ha- he's like upside down and his hair is just all fucked up. It just elevates. Or he's like, I, or I picked when, a bad week to stop it. When drinking. the girl, topless girl, runs in front of the camera and shakes her boobs for no apparent reason. Yeah, so yeah, this <laughs> was, great. watching this again was weird because I tape, I remember I taped this off the TV and I'm really familiar with the TV edit. So watching the uncut edit again after years, there was shit in here I didn't remember. And some racy fucking shit, like, this is oh, there's yeah, some, some of the humor <laughs> is really bad the, the, to the two little kids that meet that are all like like adults but they're little kids it's like you want some cream in your coffee she goes i like my coffee black like With my, my men. men i was like oh fuck <laughs> oh, i don't remember that line like, well right off the bat i mean they stick the kid in the cockpit and he goes he ever seen a grown man ever seen a grown man naked billy uh, surely you can't be serious i am serious and don't call me surely i mean just cool <laughs> so and it's funny you watch this this week because i was thinking about this movie because i came across this article of this guy who was like uh airplane is a great movie all the lines go through my head but there's one line in the movie that sticks out now that kind of describes what's going on now and it's the part where they cut to the television coverage of the crash and there's like the tribal guy with the sticks and he gets different sticks to hit a different thing but then they get to the counterpoint session and the guy, oh, yeah. the guy goes shauna they bought their tickets they knew what they were getting into <laughs> i say let them crash oh, and he's like that line is what we are going through right now in the fucking world in the country this oh, nihilistic yeah. throwaway attitude for life but it's so fucking funny i, I mean there, there's crash. so many not even the lines but even like auto the autopilot the and her, like you gotta blow him, him having the the girl having to give him uh reinflate him with the suggestive with the tube on his belt and then and then after and then it, when she's done they cut back and they're both smoking. yes they're smoking cigarettes <laughs> like they t- she yeah. gives him a look like now, that was great if you, if you want to watch an r-rated kind of thing with the same guys the zucker brothers yeah. uh uh, I'm going to suggest Kentucky the Fried Kentucky movie. Fried Yo. movie. Uh, now, uh, people of Asian descent will probably find this is uh, e- fistful of yen be really this offensive. This is even more offensive and not PC than Airplane is. There, oh, that it, it's way movie. way worse. But I mean, I'll never, I'll never stop laughing time. at the like. There's a hysterical woman and they're slapping her up, but then there's a line of people with weapons. Oh, like, yeah, I it gets worse and worse. So I mean, good. Her, her thoughts. I mean, just there's so many goddamn things. Gymna- I mean, the, when the when the guy first gets in the car cockpit and he looks at all the dials yeah and it's just like it a, it's going. just like a never-ending yeah, list of dials and then he goes there like he's like uh there's eject and then there's tumble wash dry. <laughs> there's, spin cycle. Just, there's just so many like joke I, i've i've only watched it once but dude it's amazing. i was watching a review and yeah. they're like you need to watch this yes. again because you every time you watch it you'll you'll catch a new joke like in the, when they're checking the radar and the guy in the background comes over and he opens the thing and pulls out his laundry out of one of the radar machines uh for i mean the the, the when let shit hits the fan and they literally cut the shit being thrown at a fan i don't remember this there's just a watermelon that falls from the sky oh, just, and then there's a condor on his shoulder at one point randomly uh and i love the lady she's like jim never vomits at home <laughs> and then for the longest time when i was a kid i thought having a drinking problem just meant you couldn't find your mouth oh like, I, I, like have a drinking how problem. clever is that it didn't hit me till years later going oh <laughs> a drinking problem i get it now a- apparently so i didn't know this because i've only seen him in like the naked gun but this was leslie nielsen's first role in comedy yeah, he was like, one a, of his first like a black and white drama guy yeah. doing like tv and-, and and this was i guess the start of the those surreal 
movies like Scary Movie yeah. and all Parody. that. But, Naked Gun, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I mean this one's it's it's pretty funny. I, I have to give it credit. It, they're they're I mean they're they're going for it. They're throwing a million jokes in every scene. I mean I, this is like one of my favorite movies as a kid. But also yeah. to note you see titties. Yes. This movie was rated PG. That's wild. I did not. <laughs> PG meant, listen, G was what you took your kids to. PG There's was that. So much. And R-rated movies were basically almost porn. Yes. They <laughs> that that is insane to yes. me that you could walk in, bring your like 11-year-old into this, and they'd, they'd be watching this, and you'd be like, yeah, yeah well, okay. We used, we're, the infantilization of our of people right now is crazy. So. And I know in your review, you were like, maybe you should watch the, cause it spoofs movies like zero hour and airport. I haven't seen those. But movies, I don't yeah. think you need to watch. I never saw any of those. And I thought this was the fucking funniest thing. Right, uh, that I, I like right in the beginning when the, the people on the voice, on the voice of the airport about the white zone and the red zone, and they start fucking fighting. And he calls out, he's like, he calls out personal things about her. I forgot what he said. It's like, that's why that's why she's like that's why you told me to get an abortion they're talking about an abortion i think over the loudspeaker over the the white zone is oh, for yeah, loading I mean, the, and unloading you like the, the best the best way to review this movie is literally just to rehash every joke it you is and, there's, and it's so dense it just keeps coming striker 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 <laughs> he punches the girl so good uh i mean even the i mean now i'm just thinking of even yeah. the scene where he remembers back to like the him meeting that that uh, stewardess or yes, that, um, at the bar the flight attendant, and the guy has a knife in his back, yes. and he's like pointing to the, the knife, and she she dancing. doesn't notice, so yeah. she's doing a dance move where she's pointing to her back. I mean, it's just it's just so fucking Those absurd. Two, and then the, the girl there's like scouts, two girl scouts that are just fighting about the entire thing. And every time they cut back when he's telling the story, the person has killed himself, killed in himself different yeah. ways. And the lady hangs yes. herself. Then the guy, the, J- the Japanese guy, stabs himself. The other guy's about to light himself on fire. Bought, the, other, the Indian guy's about to light himself on fire. <laughs> I was watching the match. It was burning down. I was like, oh, boy. But it's so fucking funny. Oh, my God. It's, it, it is really funny. Since since we're on this topic, yeah. by the way, just real quick, um, since I did watch 48 Hours, yeah. goddamn, yeah. Eddie Murphy yeah. and that is a star. Yeah. Too bad he's... Yeah. he's, he's Never come gotten close to back to those eighties. Oh, Beverly Hills Cop is good too. Yeah, no, I'm saying back in the eighties he was awesome. Yeah, but that's his first movie ever, Forty Eight Hours, and he is. I mean, he he's his charisma is just overflowing. Yes, off just the screen. absolutely. My name is Dolomite is a return to Eddie Murphy, man. He's I, amazing. I, have to, I mentioned in the review it's, that yeah, I have to it's go on and Netflix. Watch that. It's amazing, but Bowfinger's great. But again, uh, another like really, you see the eighties PC culture like they use the N oh, word. Yeah, a I mean. Lot. Nick Nolte calls yes! uses the N word. Yes! Also calls him watermelon yeah! throughout. But he apologizes though. He does apologize. He goes, I'm sorry, they he, come around. He calls him the N word, and Eddie Murphy's character just takes he, yeah, it. Yeah, it was, like, yeah, it was normal. It's a people. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, it's wild. There's a lot of boobies in that one. Forty eight hours is another great one. The sequel is pretty good. I can't remember if it was they did another forty eight hours. Well, I watched both because they're both kind of like genre starters, yeah. and they're from the eighties, yeah. but. You know, airplane started the the whole satire yep. on making fun of movies. Forty eight hours was apparently the first body, uh, body cop movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those uh, and then we got Lost Boys, the first teen sexy vampire. <laughs> and movie. I got Lost Boys. It wasn't a sex cop. It was a s- sexual? It's a sex it was homosexual. It was a well. It was se- it was sexier. <laughs> it, it was more about the boys loving each other, wanting to be together, it being a family. Yeah, they wanted to be. Lost well, together yeah, young, as boys. Young and immortal forever as boys. Yeah. But you get cool powers like flying, like Peter Pan. All right, let's yeah. do some news from the nation. 
There's more show. It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. Thanks. It's thanks. It's thanks. Yes, there's more show rugs. I got a lot of comments from our listeners. Uh, Lisa Morrison checking in. Oh, no, no. On her Facebook group saying, listening to this week's podcast, and I've got to send a big screw you to Anthony for disagreeing <laughs> with Imran about how good looking and smart your listeners are. Talking nerd. Other podcasts <laughs> can only dream of having listeners as awesome as we are. You are absolutely right, Lisa Morrison, 100%. See, Anthony, what happens? I'm not going to argue with this anymore. It's fine. Bro, do you even podcast? Uh, Wes Cranford actually wrote wrote an email. He hasn't written an email in a while. He says, hello, Jock and Nerd. Still enjoying your guys' podcast immensely. I want to mention to Anthony, or at least explain the reason the 80s was so good for movies, was because most of what was coming out was fresh and new, and no one had seen it before. Star Wars, Indiana Jones were groundbreaking. Blues Brothers, never seen anything like it. Same with Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller, Terminator, Beverly Hills Cop. These were all pretty exciting. I would recommend that you really should watch The Outsiders. It's in the same quality as Stand By Me. Now, I recognize that we were not PC and that a lot of these movies are offensive to the tastes and sensibilities of people today. So I get that. I also understand that Imran and Ruggs are children of the 90s. That's We're children of the 80s. I don't know why he thinks we're 90s. Well, because he's old. We're not that young, unfortunately. He's old, so when he's when you're that old, you forget. We are children of the 80s. But when you look at the movies that came out during the 80s decade, I think you'll be surprised by what you see and that you will recognize that nowadays, most of those movies are being copied Maybe I'm wrong and blinded by my own memories. Rugs will tell me, I'm sure. I'm sure you can argue originality in the 70s and 90s, but nowadays it seems originality and quality is in streaming and film has become formulaic and blockbuster only. Yeah, Wes? With- I agree with everything you say. But we, I'm a children of, I'm a child of the 80s. And that's why I love some of these years of, and all those. But when you watch something when you're a kid. Yeah. You, number one, you have a your sense of disbelief is pretty good. You're stupid enough to like not care. You know, it's like it's ignorance is bliss. Once you've seen a lot of movies, you start to notice patterns. Like, oh, here comes the running scene where they run towards each other. Oh, we've seen that in everything. Yeah. Oh, and, you know, just things become formulaic. So uh, when you watch something in your youth, you can see it with fresh eyes and you feel uh, the originality. Like a lot of these kids that are growing up right now, they think that everything they're seeing is for the first time. They have no idea that there's a history of movies that are way better or that this is aping something else and trying to hit their demographic. Um, it is sad that there's not as much originality, but uh, what can you do? I mean, the 90s had originality similar. We just went through 99 and those were all fucking original. Just speaking to the point of being a kid and not knowing things and it hitting differently. I can still say that as a kid, I loved Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. So. Yeah, and you still do? Yep. And no, no. no I, I, I realize now that was a really bad movie. Some things hold up. Yeah. Like, some things hold up, like Back to the Future. Yes. Um, You know, other movies like that. And some don't. Brady on Twitter, at T underscore Brady 94, had a comment based on our discussion about Zack Snyder and uh, releasing the name and stuff of the Justice League at DC Fandom. He said, hey, guys, I enjoyed the podcast episode, but just want to help clarify something. Yes, he, Zack Snyder, did say that he might have to change the name title Zack Snyder's Justice League to a different title 
because of legal reasons. There's some type of legal restriction from it keeping to that specific title, but said I'll have it cleared up by the time DC fandom comes. Also, I knew you guys kept saying that since he's in the black suit that he's dark, meaning Superman, but that's not the case at all. And it's his regeneration suit to help absorb sunlight because his body isn't fully recovered from being back from the dead. Also, if you see the video, it's pretty clear that Superman isn't dark nor brooding. In that scene, he's actually smiling. It's pretty obvious that he's going to go through a more helpful transition after he is reborn and figured out what to do next. Thanks again for the amazing content. He was smiling in that scene, so I guess yeah. that makes more sense. Okay. Yeah, I guess, I guess Regeneration so. suit and uh, legal reasons. Joey Austin, uh, we got some comments from the What the Fuck Happened Dark Knight Rises with Matt Delhauer. Joey Austin says, are there any movies that Delhauer actually likes? Kidding. <laughs> Love this episode. I believe that he loved No Holds Barred. And Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Graben says, Matt Delhauer's Ben Mendelsohn lisp impression put me on the floor. Yet another great installment of What the Fuck Happened. Joe Henry, love this episode. I'm pretty sure Imran doesn't remember, but my first letter to the show that was read on an episode, I requested The Dark Knight Rises in 2017. Great job, guys. That's why we did it for we you. We finally did it three years later, Joe Henry. That's absolutely. We've paid off you listening this long. I do not remember, but he is right. That he did write it. Joe Henry has Villigo Day. He right? does have Villigo. Oh shit! So yeah, I have and a good memory. Yes, you do. We, look, we talked about this when he came on the show. He is my <laughs> Villigo brother from another mother. I can relate to cool. John Bellotti. See, some people pay attention. <laughs> yes, some people are listening sometimes, motherfuckers. <laughs> John Bellotti Jr. in uh, response to what the fuck happened to Dark Knight Rises simply commented, "Nothing happened to that movie." It's perfection. Oh, shit. I don't know if he's being sarcastic or serious. Do we know? I don't know. He can be wrong some of the time. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. And then Chaz Hebert has a great question uh, in terms of uh, the what the fuck happened episode. He says, I still remember that Dark Knight Rises fondly and have kind of purposefully not revisited it because I don't want to ruin it for myself. Now, anybody else got movies they know don't hold up anymore, but refuse to admit it? That's a great question. I responded. Yes. On that. What? Yes. That? What did you say? Most any Godzilla movies. Oh, yeah. oh the Godzilla movies. Does it make it worse to go back and watch them again, or would you rather just remember it? I, I, if I have to, like the thing with Godzilla movies is, as a kid, I watched most, if not all, of those films. So to go back and watch them, I have to go in and watch them with a different mindset of not like I want to see monsters smash yep, each yep, other, yep, but yep, like yep, I have yep. to acknowledge that, like. When I reviewed Godzilla versus Dora, like the editing is terrible, and like, I just have to acknowledge these things and kind of grade them a little differently. Yeah, but as a kid, man, it's the best fucking. It, thing. I will still always hold those. Yeah. Very I mean, there's, it's rough when you go back and you go, "Oh, I love this movie as a kid," and you hope that it still holds up, and you you're like, "Oh my god!" Like I'm gonna be so disappointed if it's really shitty. And I've loved this movie for such a long time. Are there any movie you particularly would? Uh, do I don't think- avoid anything. I watch everything. So, no, no, but any, so anything you, you know that don't hold up anymore, but you won't admit that it doesn't hold oh, up. I admit if they don't hold <laughs> up, everything's fucking. What's the first movie you think of that you watched as a kid besides Lost Boys that you liked? And now you you watched it again. You're like, God damn, Woof. I was a kid. Oh, uh, Jesus fucking the one over the top. Oh, the Sylvester Stallone wrestling oh, movie. They fucking <laughs> arm wrestle? Is that the arm wrestling? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Arm wrestling That's movie. the move. That's the arm <laughs> over the top is the move. That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and Commando. 
Oh yeah, God, that's not good. Is that Arnold? That's Arnold. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Was that the one where he throws a pipe through someone? Yeah, he goes yeah. stick around. Yeah. Isn't that one or yeah. is that yeah. Predator? I don't remember. Most Arnold movies <laughs> don't hold up. Very or Stallone <laughs> movies, Rambo. So the first thing I thought of when I read this, it wasn't a movie. It was a TV show. I used to love fucking MacGyver when it came out. And then I remember a few years ago. I, oh, was that is that bad? I no. randomly watched it. It's so bad. I can't believe I thought that MacGyver was making these crazy genius, clever things. I thought that I thought that series was super clever. No, it's not. It's, it's not. not. Oh. It's so bad. I watched it again. I was like, "Woof! How did I think this was fucking good?" We got some great comments from the listeners in the nation. Some of these I agree with. Some of this I don't. For example, John Joe Henry, uh, Vitiligo Dick. Joe Henry says. Tim Burton's first Batman. Love that movie as a kid. Refuse to watch it again because I don't want to ruin that memory. I love that movie as a kid. I still think it holds up. I don't. I will watch it again, and I still love it. I've watched it so many times. Yeah, yeah. me too. I watched it over and over. Um, uh, I, it's a great movie. Scott Holes, it's a great movie. Blake Braden says too many to count. I'll pick three: X Men one and two, and Spawn. Oh, Spawn's terrible. I remember, Anthony, you saying X-Men 2 does not hold up as much well uh, as I thought. So I would agree. I think if you watch those X-Men yeah. movies, I think for the time yeah. they were really yeah. good. I don't think they hold up as well as you would yeah, think. Yeah, I think you may now. be right. I may have to watch that. I, and I kind of don't. So that one I'll put in there. I kind of don't want to watch X2 again because I love my memory of it. X2 is considered a great movie. Yes. And if you watch it again, in my opinion, I don't think it holds up as well. Spawn, I never thought was a good movie. So No, it was never good. Now, this next movie, I fucking, I will, I will stick up for it until I'm dead. Jose Ibarra says the 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. I fucking love that movie. I refuse to ruin it as an adult. Watch it. It's great. It came out in theaters the day before my sixth birthday, and that's where we had my party. Remember when theaters were a thing? Shit, remember when birthday parties were a thing? <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, that's a that's a good movie because I also fondly remember yeah, that as a kid. Yeah. And I have i don't think I've watched that as an adult. I, I think it, it would still... Uh, I think those animatronics I, still listen, hold up. Listen, I love it. I still it's love good, it. It's, I is love it, it. Is it a great movie? No, but it, it's still a good... It's still... It's not like painfully as bad as The Lost Boys. Yeah. <laughs> or like okay. The Wraith, yeah. you know. I think surprisingly those animatronics still kind of hold up. Uh, the way they did it, I guess Seth Rogen is rebooting TMNT for, Again? yeah, for the movie. How many times They're can you go back? back to He's TMNT. like, this time I'm gonna be different. I'm gonna focus on the teenage part of it. That's kind of that was his quote. No, really, is that really yeah. happening? Didn't they just reboot that? Yeah. Yeah, hmm. don't do but it. But they, I mean, they had Megan Fox in it, so that already. And it had Rocksteady and Bebop. I mean, come on, live action Rocksteady and Bebop. No, I love that first movie. I even kind of like Vanilla Ice in the second one. I, I, I kind of liked it. I mean, as a kid, <laughs> yeah. I really liked yeah. the second one. I don't know. I think that one's probably terrible, yeah. but I liked the second one a lot as a kid. Uh, William Salgado has a more recent movie. He says X-Men Dark Phoenix. I enjoyed it not as much as I would have liked to, but I did. Don't want to see it again because I read and heard all the negative stuff about it, and I don't want to tarnish my love for X-Men. Fair enough. Is that the movie that just came yes. out? Yes. <laughs> oh. Sophie Turner as Jean Grey and Flo. Yeah, I wasn't a kid, so no. I didn't. I didn't find it to be terrible, but just kind of bland. Yeah, it's kind of forgettable on the first watch. Uh, Wes Cranford, who we just uh, heard uh, from email, he says, Better Off Dead, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, but mostly all of the 80s teen comedies. See, I think Fast Times is still a fucking great watch. Better Off Dead with John Cusack is a weird movie. Uh, the 80s teen comedies, I could watch Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink. I'll watch all that shit. It's still good. It's still fun. They're not politically correct they're not as good as that they i remember them to be but they're still worth one yeah i guess even airplane i will admit was a little bit not as good as 
what I remembered because I was a kid. Well, it's also tough, I would say, to defend you, yeah. <laughs> your your younger like, yes. self. It's tough to go back to comedies yeah. and enjoy yeah. them as much as you did the first time. Yeah, it's a, part of it's the surprise. Right, part of it's the joke. But I, I was still fucking crying when I watched Airplane again. Like I was fucking, I was crying. It's well, fucking hilarious. It's, it's tough though. To, comedies are tough to to revisit yeah. and enjoy yeah. every time. The same amount. And then time. Jim McPike, our local our historian, uh, writes the exact opposite. Every few years, I watch Starship Troopers to keep the hatred fresh. Oh, shit. <laughs> I like Starship Troopers. It's a good. It's uh, fine. Yeah, it's a fine. I, I don't think I liked Starship Troopers like it, that much really? when we re- when we reviewed it. I don't think yeah, I that was on the Patreon. Yeah, it's not the greatest. It's fine. Cult classics. Yeah, some of them I like. Some of them I don't. Yeah, especially watching them now after all these years. But like, like the Street Fighter. Yeah, when I watched that again. Oh, oh my god. god. It's great. So, Anthony, let me ask you, before you watched Airplane, did you hear anybody ever do like these lines or make reference to this movie before? (laughs) That's funny you say that. So there's a sports talk radio show that I listened to a lot as a kid, as a teenager, and then as even a little bit as an adult. And they would always open up their show with, you ever been in a cockpit before? (laughs) No, I never been on a plane before. You ever seen a grown man naked? And then they'd start their fucking music. (laughs) This is such a strange way to start off a show. Uh, and that's what that was from. So I, found, was from. I finally figured that out. Oh my god! And the "Don't call me Shirley." People always fucking quote that shit. Yeah, "Don't call me Shirley." I've heard that before as well. The rest of that stuff though was was pretty new humor. All right, for good. Me. I'm glad you've finally been indoctrinated into the airplane uh, family. It was on the list of 100 movies you need to watch before you kick. Oh, the bucket, it is on so. that 100 movies list. Whoa, yeah. check that one off. Nice. That's the show, everyone. Rugs. Where can the listener find you online? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at ReallyRugBoy. Give him a follow. Come by and say hello. Make him feel special. Follow me. Rugs needs it. Visit the show notes for this episode, joggernerd.com slash 341 for links to everything, how you can support us, uh, join our fan club, subscribe, get in touch, everything we talked about. But the only thing you got to do, listener, tell a friend, spread the show amongst all your geek compadres. Word of mouth really helps us out. Gets people clicking and downloading. And uh, if you enjoy it, tell a friend. Share it. Thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. We'll peep you next time. I'm pumped. Yeah, me too. That's a big fuck up right there. I love this movie. Get the fuck out of here. Talking nerd!